This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. I want you to picture this in your mind. Imagine being an All-American high school basketball player. I mean, one of the best in the country. You worked hard to get the respect and the recognition that you deserve. You wind up with a full-ride scholarship into the best college basketball program in the country, coached by one of the legends of the game. You get the picture. Now, here it's your first day of practice as a freshman. You get to the locker room early. You've stretched. You're ready to roll. You cannot wait to hit the hardwoods and show the coach and your new teammates what you've got. And in walks the legendary John Wooden, coach of the UCLA Bruins. One of his star players in an interview reflected on the moment and said you could cut the excitement with a knife. He said he sat down on a stool and began his lecture to us. We sat there like dutiful sponges, ready to soak it all up, knowing that he was about to give us the key to heaven on earth to show us the path and guide us to become the next great team in history. And his first words were, men. This is how you put your shoes and socks on. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine that these players were the best of the best and the coach started with what everyone believed to be a detail, the most mundane and basic task that did not need to be covered. The star player continued in the interview and he said, meticulously, The coach demonstrated exactly how we were to apply the socks over our toes and pull them up tight to eliminate the possibility of any wrinkles, which could cause blisters. And then how to open our shoes so they would slide on easily and not disturb the wrinkle-free socks. And to then properly lace and tie them snugly and completely. You see, the coach knew something that the players didn't know. See, John Wooden had seen the game through the eyes of hundreds of players in games. He had witnessed his players getting blisters from rubbing on the wrinkles from the socks, making them unable to play to full potential, therefore hurting the team. The coach had seen ankles twisted and sprained unnecessarily because the shoes were not laced properly and tied at the proper tension. The coach knew what the players thought they knew. Like putting on your socks and shoes if you were an All-American basketball player. I want to begin today with something very basic, something that might even be a little mundane. I know you want to get on the court, and we will. But first, I want to show you something. See, I want to introduce a short series to you that I call Mastering Your Money Moments, where we will walk through the nine basic money moments that we all routinely face as we handle our money. And we're going to walk through the scriptural, the financial, and the personal attributes of those moments. But I'm going to take even a step further back, because before we get into those nine money moments, I'm going to start even more basic than that. Let's take a look today at a dollar. 
and I want to share with you three images of a dollar so you know what you are really holding in your hand as we venture into mastering your money moments. Image number one, what it is. Well, a dollar is roughly six inches by two and a half inches. It's made from a special combination of linen, paper, and cotton, and it uses a very unique green ink. On the front, there's a picture of our first president, George Washington, along with a serial number, a signature of the treasury, and the value of the dollar. And with the beautiful engravings all around the dollar on the front and the back and some of the graphics, many people have called it a piece of art. But whether you find it beautiful or just boring, the dollar has a checkered past. Countries have gone to war over the dollar. Marriages have ended over the dollar. Friendships have ceased over the dollar. Business partners who were once best friends have become divided over the dollar. Parents, children, and families have been estranged over the dollar. And churches have been split down the middle over the dollar. On the other hand, though, lest we be too hasty in making the dollar a villain, entrepreneurs use the dollar to start businesses, large and small, that employ women and men all over the world that allow them to provide for their families. Children who are dying of hunger and thirst have been given food and clean water as a result of the dollar. High school graduates have been the first to attend college with the use of scholarships from the dollar. Medicine that saves lives is researched, manufactured, and purchased by the dollar. And family celebrations and holidays and vacations that bring families closer together are held and paid for with the dollar. And of course, churches are built and pastors paid to spread the gospel with the dollar. But like any blessing that is used incorrectly, it can quickly become a burden. Okay, image number two is what we make it. Money was designed to be an instrument of commerce, to make it easier to trade goods rather than to have to barter. I mean, think about it. It's a lot easier to carry dollar bills in your pocket rather than a goat and two dozen eggs or bars of gold or silver. But what was created to be an instrument of commerce has also evolved into an instrument of control. And with control comes power. I find that when people want more money, they usually don't want actual money. What they are craving, what they really want is what they perceive money can be or what money can do for them. Money can become comfort. It can become security, power, pride, image, love, respect, and the list goes on and on. And it can turn us into something different than what we really are. I like to say that real money can create counterfeit people. And interestingly, when the Secret Service is trained on how to identify counterfeit currency, they're not trained on the counterfeits. They're trained on the real thing. So they know every turn, every drawing, every number, every line on the bill. So if they see anything that's different, they know immediately that it's not the real thing. 
in the same vein of what we make our money to be, there's an old joke that reflects this so well. It's a story of a young man who found himself speaking directly to God one morning in prayer. And he asked God some very simple questions. He asked, God, is it true that to you $1 is just like a million dollars? God thought for a moment and said, well, yes, I suppose that's true. (laughs) Interesting, the young man said. And God, is it also true that to you one minute is like a thousand years? God thought for another moment and quickly replied, yes, I suppose that's also true. Incredible, the young man said, and the young man paused for a moment in thought, and then he decided he would ask God one more question. The young man asked, God, can I have a dollar? God quickly replied, wait a minute. (laughs) I love that old joke. It seems so often we want to take our own perspective of money and somehow apply that to God's perspective, but that's not how it works. God has a plan for you and your money, a perspective for you and your money that is consistent with his character and his plans, and it's in your best interest. And now we come to image number three, what it can be. I've learned over the years that money can be a tool, a test, and a testimony. It's a tool because it reveals our heart. It's a test because it can reveal our character. And it's a testimony because it reveals our beliefs. So if you think about it, money as a tool is how we use our money in financial transactions of all types. And those choices that you make, that you see and I see, your family sees, your friend sees, that reveals your heart. Money as a test is the challenge of using your money as God intended to honor God, to follow God as a wise and faithful steward. Therefore, it's a test that reveals your character. And then finally, money as a testimony is the story that is told as you use your money. And that story has the power to attract others to God or not. And your story that you live out every day with your money reveals your beliefs. I think sometimes what an added benefit it would be is any time that we are in and around our money transactions, our money moments, that if we remembered that money was a tool, a test, and a testimony, that how differently we may approach the financial choices that we have every day. And in closing, just like the story of the All-American basketball players who were challenged by their coach to revisit the most basic and mundane parts of the game of basketball. And I would like to do the same as I challenge you over the next weeks and months to revisit some of the most basic and mundane financial topics as we pursue mastering your money moments. So thanks for today. Let me walk you through some of the basics of the dollar, the three images of the dollar, what it is, what we make it, and what it can be. And by the way, not to make this too simple, but if you are ever holding a dollar in your hand and you need a reminder of what I covered with you today, all you need to do is look on the back and four words will direct you immediately to the resource you need the most when you are dealing with your money. On the back side of the dollar, it simply reads, in God we trust. 
You've been listening to Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.